Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Michigan Avenue Media and the World of Ink Network. This podcast was founded in 2011 by Marsha Casper Cook and Virginia Grenier. Their focus has always been on helping writers reach their dreams by having informative and entertaining shows. You will also hear the latest information on what's new and exciting in the publishing and marketing industry. And the shows will also cover discussions on screenwriting, audiobooks and movies. New to the shows will be the latest style and trends in fashion, as well as nutrition and how Pinterest can add just the right spark of attention you may need for your projects. So, sit back and relax and enjoy the show. You can find out more information about our shows and being a guest at www.michiganavenuemedia.com. Hi, everybody. It's Marcia Casper-Cook on A Good Story is a Good Story. And uh, we have a great show today, and we have two guests that have been on before, uh, Marcy Henna and Joanne Hock. And we will we have a lot to talk about, movies, screenplays, books. It's uh, going to be a fun-packed show and a lot of information. And I know a lot of people have told me some of the questions that we want, they want me to ask, and they will, you know, we'll be talking about a lot of different things and um I will get those questions for you out today. And uh, so I'm going to let each of them tell you a little bit about themselves, and uh, then we'll just talk. Okay. Marcy? Hi, Marcy. It's been a year. It's been over a year. You and Jillian were both on a year ago, and a lot's happened. But tell everybody who you are and what you've been doing lately and sure. some of your projects before. Well, we first of all, thanks for pan- We should me. do before yeah. pandemic. Before pandemic. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, as, she, as she said, my name is Marcy Henna, and I'm an author. I started writing the Fireside series quite some time ago, and it was really um, based on the fact uh, that that I adored my grandparents, and after they passed, I wanted to do something to um, preserve their memories. I wanted to preserve the way they spoke, their lives on the ranch, and just the kind of people they were. And so I kind of wound them into the series in a you know, in in a in a way, uh, I modeled uh, grandparents Walt and Ruby um, on their characters, but the story uh, itself is fiction in both um, my novel and in the movie as well. So I've got two in the series, and then and on the first of the first book when we last spoke, that became a movie, and um, that's how I met Joanne Hawk, um, whom I loved loved working with. Joanne is an incredible director and a brilliant writer herself. So I'm pleased to be in her her company today. Yes, yeah, she really has. Yes, yeah, she's really got a quite a bio. Okay, Joanne, tell us about your bio. You got a good one there. <laughs> Let's just say I like to stay busy. <laughs> yeah, I think so. And um, and, and I I still tell people I've never worked a day in my life, and I truly believe that I'm blessed to do what I do and get to tell people's stories and. Been fortunate, very fortunate that in my career I've had the opportunity to play with wonderful people like Marcy. And and what's interesting is that we finished this project a while back. Marcy and I are just, I don't know, I think we're attached at the hip for life because we just we've become <laughs> soul, soul sisters through this and and good friends. It's a good thing. And um, it is. A, it's a wonderful thing, and that's the beauty of this business. I have met so many friends and and made so many new friends as each pro- project happens and. Um, it really is um, kind of this, I'm going to call it a, a evolving door, a revolving door of evolving friendships because of the yes, types I, of people I that totally meet and come, come across. And it's just, it's just um, uh, a, quite an unusual business, and I love it. I really do. Yeah, you, you sound like what I remember because Randall Derek is the one that uh, introduced me to you too. But uh, and it's funny because that's what he said too. He never he felt like it was never work. He was always enjoying himself, you know. And um, mm-hmm. it's a good way, you know. That's why in your projects, you know, and in your writing and your, you know, with both of you, you know, and it is nice to meet people and remain friends with them because I was watching. TV, and as I said to the girls before the show, I'm watching this movie, Ultimate Legacy. It was in, from 2015, and I'm sitting there, and I'm watching, and I see the, you know, 
I see all the credits. I go, oh, my God, Joanne was on my show. I said, I know Joanne. And so, I mean, I love that movie. And, you know, it's it's weird how this is because, like, all of us have met each other, and we probably never would have met each other, you know, if we were in any other business. You know, a lot of times you just don't meet people. You know, you stay in – I'm in Chicago, and you don't meet people – from other places unless you go there. And so what, like for me, even the radio shows, that's how I got to meet the two of you. And so I am, you know, for your success in the movies, you know, all right, let's 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 begin with one thing. Okay, here's the book, When We Last Spoke. Okay, tell mm-hmm. us what happened, because everybody thinks their movie is, you know, their book is ready for a movie. So, Marcy, <laughs> what happened? How did this happen? Well, I- okay. <laughs> okay, I'll I'll tell you what happened. Well, as I was writing the book, I always saw it in a very visual way. I always did see it unfolding in my head as a movie, and I, I had no idea how that was going to happen or if it, if indeed it would happen. But um, and worked for you know on that project for several years. But and about oh six and a half seven years ago, my youngest sibling passed away, uh, my brother Mike. And after he he passed, I realized that, you know, life was fleeting and I'd better get with it and I'd better make it happen because none of us are guaranteed, you know, right. how long we'll be here. So what I did was um, one day I saw a, a book trailer on Facebook. I'd never seen one. I'd never even heard of one. And it was a very different project from my book. It was a, it was like a horror horror story take, that took place in, in Europe. And, well, that's and a lot different than your book. That's a lot different, yes, I'd say so. <laughs> Very different from my book. But but anyway, so I thought within five minutes I made the decision that I was definitely going to film a book trailer, that I just felt very compelled to do it. And I had no idea to go about it, but what I did was to hire a film crew, and um, fortunately they knew a lot more than I did. <laughs> and we, we filmed that on our uh, family ranch and also um, in little community. A community near um, the tech, wow. uh, Johnson City, which is um, in, in Blanco, is where we filmed as well. And um, after it was finished, I um, rolled out the book and the, and the um, video at the same time on Facebook. Well, after a while, it was it caught the attention of Fred Miller, and Fred and his wife Kathy read the book, and then they came to me and asked me if I would be interested. So oh. there, that's the a long dream. story it's a short. Dream. But yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a, a dream. dream. But there, there are a thousand miles between that day and, and it actually coming out. But, but yeah. um, then that's how I met Joanne. Was we were, um, you know, interviewing a director or interviewing her specifically, um, and I just knew right off the bat she was the right person for the project. She just is just as bright as a light, and just seemed to have this way about her, and seemed to really get the story. And so she wrote the polish um, that. We had been in development for, oh gosh, about nine months or, or so before she came into the picture and um, she took the manuscript and really gave it a beautiful polish and um, that's our shooting script and that's, you know, that's the movie we have based on her, her final um and it, it, it's, a, it's a beautiful movie. It really is. It's a really good movie. You laugh, you cry. The, I mean, everything about it. The characters are good in it. You know, um, so... I, you know, I've always, you've always felt being an agent. I always thought the director, and I love when people, the writer, director, everybody works together, and that's why a project turns out to be as good as this is because you understand each other, and it matters a lot. Right. It, it it does matter. It does matter. We had a very congenial team, and you know, when we were filming, um, so you know, we had a very congenial crew. I mean, everybody go along. There was a great spirit of camaraderie and I think a lot of that credit goes to Joanne because it's kind of a trickle down effect she was very copacetic very peaceful director there was no shouting on the set she it's good she just had very the thing good. about her of, of managing people in, in a beautiful way and and they and everybody's happy to do what she wants them to because she's so, such a joy to be around that's so that's, that, that's that, that was part of it I, so Joanne, I'm just going to go on home right now. That's yeah. not all I need. <laughs> okay, no, Joanne. All right, so there you are. You you've got this. You know, you like the project. So what happens after that? Because I know people want to know what the director thinks when they're you know they're reading a book and then it goes into your you you do the script too. So a lot of times you know you're writing it. So tell everybody how that is for you. What 
makes you want to do a project? Well, um, so uh, I got a copy of the book from the executive producer, Fred Miller and uh, Rick Eldridge, and read the book and uh, was immediately attracted to it. It's kind of a coming-of-age story in the time period that I was growing up and and same age as those young girls, so it was so relatable to me. And uh, Marcy's words just popped up the page. I just felt it was, it was written in such a way that I could really – it was very relatable. And um, yeah. so then I re- read the book again, second time, not so much as just an avid reader, but more of a, all right, how does this construction work and translate to screen? Because books are – I think the best movies are from short stories. Books are so informationally dense and so much information that you can never really get it yeah. all. And so yeah. one of the things that I had to do is find the points that I thought were relevant to furthering the story about these two little girls and – um, and, and how an audience can relate to them and the other characters, because it really is a big ensemble piece. Oh, There's my God, so many yes. different wonderful yeah. personalities and characters. Yeah. And um, and so when I was talking to Marcy, there were a couple characters that had not made the initial uh, construct of the, of the screenplay, and I was going through a very difficult time with my mother who had Alzheimer's and one of her characters within the book was dealing with dementia. And so I just felt that that character really should come forward in the story. And Marcy was very much in agreement. And so I, uh, I just kind of took what Marcy gave me and translated it for how the oral visual portion of it for, for movie. And it, it was, I'm not going to say it wrote itself because it was a lot of long hours, but yeah, right, right, was, right. I know. Uh, right. It doesn't but it was snap still, the finger. Still a, yeah. a, a joy to work on, and really just yeah. um, it was it was. I, I'm not going to say the word magical, but it did have those moments in it that I just it was so relatable, and I could just picture myself going through all of these things. And so when when um, I started writing and I'd run ideas past. Marcy and Rick and and Fred and everybody seemed to be um, in sync and um, there were a couple characters and a couple moments that I left off that I thought wow if we ever have a chance to do a sequel they could easily come back because they were just as as yeah as uh, wonderful but it just you have to pick and choose so it's like uh, go in and pare it down and shape it into a you know a ninety minute film. Of, uh, whatever length it ends up, but the, that's what we had to do. So, um, you know, the, the, end a, of, the ending of the mo- the ending of the movie was very dynamic. You know, I mean, it was like, oh, my, you know, you just while you're watching it, you're going, oh my god, you know. But so this is what we've talked about a lot of times on the show. Like a lot of times, people expect the first like ten, fifteen minutes to be so. Um, Well, I'll just use it how they say. They go, it has to jump off the page, you know, and you have to, that's what, you know, how they refer to it, as as you know. But, you know, it does take time to do a beautiful story and have the whole story work at the end. Do do either of you want to talk a little bit about that? Because I think in my shows we've been talking about that a lot, and it matters because you have to sometimes watch the whole movie to just go, oh, this is a beautiful story, and you're not going to get that in ten minutes. So, what do you have to say about? It? I mean, because I think you both, with a story like this, you know, it takes time to tell this story. I have a friend, uh, a former business partner, used to say there are ironing movies, and those are the movies where she's she could have her head down and she could watch the film and still get her ironing done. And there are other movies that you really have to watch. I, I think this is a movie that you kind of have to watch, and and the reason right. being right. is that um, right. there's right. I so many little saying. details and things that need to be heard and said and seen, and it's not a movie that you walk in and out of the room during. Otherwise, right. you might no. I, I know exactly something. what that means. <laughs> yeah, it's true because you want because it matters, and everything in their lives, like in our own lives, does matter. I think, you know, in our relationships with our families, and you've showed that in that movie. 
you know, where, because we have grandparents, you know, and people do go through their families with dementia. I've had that with my aunt, you know, and, but you've done it in such a, you've, you know, intertwined everything to, and that's why when you get to almost, you know, at the end, you know, not the last, like, 25 minutes or so, it's you're already so into this family that you're going like, oh, really? Could this, you know, I mean, it's like you're there, and that's really what counts. So I think it the story's good, and you did a great job, and that is what I think a beautiful film is. When you get to the end and you go, what a good story. And so I think that matters. What was your... Well, I, I have to ask you, Marcia, what was your favorite scene in the movie? Well, you know, with that rain at the end, I don't know. You know, I don't want to give things away, but, so, you know, I think that was one of them when it was raining and then the kids were, it, it was just so much going on at that, I think it was maybe 20 minutes mm-hmm. at the end when it was pouring rain and the kids were, you know, in the car. Okay. Just trying to. You know, and I just like I felt at that point it was you just had to see what happened, and then but I did like the ending though because I loved that radio scene, you know, and I'm not giving anything away uh-huh. like that, but I just thought when you get to the end, like at the scene, and you know, I don't want to talk about well, there's a few things I, you know I don't want to talk about the food, <laughs> the one part, but uh, you know, I just thought there were so many little parts of it and with. You know, because a lot of them, if you talk about it now, you don't want to say some of the things because it it does matter in this film. Because when you get by the last half hour, there's so many things that have happened to change everything, and then you see it all. But I remember right. the rain in the car, and I just, you know, I, at that point, I mean, do you know what I'm talking about? I don't want to... Maybe you want to explain a little bit about what happens after that because I feel like at that point is when you couldn't miss a second of it for me. Uh, and you're talking at the very, uh, toward the very end is what yes. you're talking about. Yes, mm-hmm. and so much has happened. And, you know, as you're watching right. this, so much happened, you know, and Cloris Leachman was just, uh, you know, as always, phenomenal, you know. But there were so mm-hmm. many characters in it, which I like because right. I write that way. You know, and even when they were, you know, eating in the little restaurants that, you know, it was just like you were there, you know, it was just like a slice of life, you know, and um, right. that's what I liked. And you put, yeah. you know, and then everything matched. I, I like when a movie matches and I like, and I <laughs> know because you had the, well, you called it when we were talking before dual, but when you have younger kids and then you, they're grown up, it's hard to right. do. Right. And so I felt that was done so well because you understood mm-hmm. it. And sometimes when you're watching, I see a lot now, and a, and a lot of people try to do it, but then you go like, well, what just happened? But I felt like I understood these little girls, and it was so, right. you know, I had a sister too, you know. I had a sister, you know, I feel like, you know, and for me, family, everything about it, right? you know, with the family because I, I, Marcy, I know my sister had passed away also, and I know how this all feels when things change in your family. And I have, my, I write a lot of stories. I realize I didn't even realize this with grandparents. So I think there's such a part, good part of it. And I don't want to give away the part when the little girls saw, you know, um, what they they mm-hmm. thought they saw something that they didn't see. Right. <laughs> and that changed, yeah, you know. Right. But but don't but doesn't that happen with kids sometimes? They hear something that they shouldn't have heard, and it's not really well, they don't know the whole story. That's true. They take it in a very literal way, so um, in a way that it's not intended. I mean, that's how kids are. Um, they they often perceive what they hear in, in a very different way than the actual intention is and and misperceive things they just have limited life experience and so it's natural for them to jump to conclusions i think sometimes well you just spoke about things matching one thing um i want to point out is how well the characters match physically and that a lot of that credit goes to joanne because in casting she came up with some real ringers for for the between the young children and the adult children yeah there were several of those, and of course we have a mother and daughter actually playing the roles of Julia. Yes, right. They the were on the, right, the mother was on the Julia. show, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, last time. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then, but look at young Dixie and then the adult Dixie 
those two are not related, but my goodness, didn't you know who that character yeah. was when she walked yeah, into the room? Yeah. Didn't you know yeah, that was yeah, Delphic yeah, yeah, before she yeah. opened her mouth? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, you know, and there was just so many touching scenes, you know, with the father. Right. And I just, you know, and you could feel every scene. And that's what a good director does. You know, and right. a lot of times, right. you, I know what you're talking about. You're saying somebody irons. I always say, right, there are some movies that I have to sit there, and there are some movies that I can go out and I can fold laundry and go in the other room, put the laundry away, come back, and it'll still be the same <laughs> thing. But but in certain movies, and certainly when you get to, at the, in this movie, that's what I'm saying, at the end there's so many different things that have ha- happened to make right. the story right. work. I like that, particularly when, Every loose end, I felt. And certainly at the last scene, it was, they go like, oh, look at that. <laughs> okay. And so <laughs> I like that when everything Good. fits. And at the end, you go, Good. oh, that worked. And I know Good. a lot of people Good. don't seem to care that much, but I seem to like when you know that everything that happened with a character, mm-hmm. you you find out at the end. It's kind of like right. you, you know. And you don't leave anything you know, to the imagination, because you really want to know about, I, I do, that's my personality, and it is hard when you have such a large cast. Well, it is, and, and one of the one of the reasons I chose to write in two different time scenes is because I thought I needed the perspective of these little girls as adults looking back, because, you know, um, that's, you know, the wisdom comes through through living and through the years. And so yes. the perception of what you know took place, of course, is um, thought of in a different perspective as an adult as than when they were children. Yes. Well, that, so. see, that's the thing. We don't. We all think of things like when we were children. We don't. Like a lot of times, I'll say to somebody, they will they will get it later, you know, because you right. don't always get what you need to know until later on and then something that happened years ago you'll go oh yeah now i understand what that was about but you can't understand it when you're five and you're seven you just don't that's right But when you get older and hopefully let's put it this way hopefully you understand what (laughs) had happened you know and it does make you know a lot of times people don't realize how much the the past and the future matter i think you know and certainly in writing it matters backstory you know, and that's right. what you did in a good way. And so that's why when oh, you get okay. to the end, you go like, oh, you know, you're just like, oh, thank goodness. <laughs> oh, thank goodness. <laughs> you know, because you feel you happy, don't late. you? I mean, <laughs> even if you've cried, yeah. even if you've, even if you cry right. in a movie, don't you feel happy? Like right. you go like, oh, good. You know, you sure. want that for them. Sure. If it's a good movie, if it's a good story. And that's, that's what sure. I mean. That's what I feel about a good story, you know, and, um, I think, and I, I do think the director has a lot to do with how they do. I, I always felt that way, and in Ultimate Legacy, mm-hmm. you did the same thing. At the end, oh, it all fit together. It all fits together. Well, I'm I'm kind of one of those people. I like to walk away knowing that yes, there could be more to this story, but kind of a a resolve so that people walk away. I, I'm I'm yes. that way in my life too. I like resolution. So um <laughs> I know that was important <laughs> to me yeah. and and again, um Marcy's sequel, What Lies Ahead, picks up right where this left off, but you could start with just what lies ahead and I think you'd still be okay. Um so I think that's the way that, that Marcy set these up is that each book is its own independent story but and it resolves but it has the opportunity to build further on that if the viewer is interested now joanne you mentioned something you mentioned something joanne about the fact um i'm trying to think what you um i just lost my train of thought while i'm talking i have so many questions to ask you but um, I don't know. I'll think of it. But I think that you know when you when you're writing. Okay, I know what it is. When you said you from a short story, okay, to a full length story, that is more difficult. Oh, for I think a it's actually or easier. easier for a director. Okay. But, and, okay. And I'm 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 going to go to Stephen King as a great example. Not that I that is not my genre, but two of my yeah. favorite films were created from short stories by Stephen King, and one was uh, yeah. Shawshank Redemption, 
and the other one yeah. stand by me. Yeah, and yeah, um, yeah. To, to me, short stories translate beautifully to the screen because it's you capture everything that the author intended, where sometimes um, you don't. It's with, it's more yeah. difficult. You can't. And and so often you read these reviews. Oh, the book's great. The movie's horrible. I know and, that. Um, that was the last that. thing. That's, that's the last thing yeah. I wanted to do to Marcy is to have a review yeah. like that come out. So um, it, I almost treated her book like a short story where I, here's encapsulation of what needs to happen on screen. And as yeah. I said, there were characters that are left out, things that were left out. Would have loved to have been able to dive into them, but I think our listeners could certainly buy buy Marcy's book and and, and kind of you know find find those little nuggets that are missing and i i don't know i just i just love uh southern literature i've always been a big fan of southern writers i think they're some of america's best storytellers um and so i gravitated to this and just wanted to to help bring it to the screen well i think it is different where different parts of the country i have talked about this a lot on the show i mean i'm from chicago and i like and i would like to write a story like from the south or whatever but i can't (laughs) you know no man it's just not coming from me do you know um and i think um for me I think it's really interesting when people can, but I do think when you're from a certain place and you you get the feeling of what the people are experiencing and you're not making it up so it becomes real when you actually have lived there. And, lived, you know, you don't have to always do that, but it does come across sometimes so important to me that you can get that flavor and it really feels right. Mm-hmm. You know, well, like I'm and, seeing and on I life. Think, I, like, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, um, it's it's interesting because, yes, if if you know it, then it's a little easier. Um, and, again, yeah. I grew up in this era, so when um, the props department would say, let's get a radio flyer wagon, I said, absolutely, and, and let's see if we can keep the branding there because that's so true yeah. to my childhood, or Hellman's mayonnaise, or all the different little uh, entities that are part of the South Cheerwine, um, things that really resonate, and they're not super pronounced or obvious, but I think it helps yeah. kind of give it that believability. That little flavor, that and, extra. Mm-hmm. Oh, although I like Hellman's Mayonnaise, I do. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only kind I use. <laughs> I said, there's a lot of. Meanwhile, now there's a lot of others. If you go in to see like mayonnaise, there's like millions of kinds, like you know, olive oil and this and that, you know. But Hellman, that was funny when you said Hellman's mayonnaise, because that's mm-hmm. you know, that I mean, that's like a standard. So I do think you know, um, I, I I don't know. To me, it just seems so interesting when people are. You know, I notice now on. Um, which you probably watch the Hallmark movies, and I've noticed all of them lately. They're from Chicago. I'm thinking, like, what? I mean, they're <laughs> and they have nothing to do with Chicago. But all these people, it noted, like you'll see the scene, and it's Chicago. And then I actually know, you know, as you know, sometimes you just take this, you know, you go in the photography, you know, you do a photography of the city, but you're not there. You know, you're in Utah or yeah, somewhere right. else. But I'm thinking, like, they're all lately from Chicago. I'm thinking, like, what? I mean, they're not even, they all they, that, why are they from just Chicago? And it just seems that they never used to do that before. And maybe they have a lot of people that are authors from Chicago. I don't know. But then they move their project wherever they're to the, sea, you know, to the ski slope or something. But they just came from Chicago. So, but you in this store, in this, the way you direct, it seems like you know the area you're directing in. And that matters in the story. Well, to make it um, believable. I think uh, visually, uh, we could have shot that in many places if we just happened to film in Georgia, where they had a film incentives, which helped us fiscally, and the executive yeah. producers had a lot of say in that. Uh, but uh, like the ultimate uh, legacy was filmed in Kentucky, and that could have been easily filmed in Georgia as well. So. A lot yeah. of it is just getting familiar with the landscape and utilizing it yeah. to the best of your ability with your camera. And I'm a, uh, I come from a visual side of directing. I, I'm a director of photography as well as a, a writer director. I can't figure out which hat I want to wear, and sometimes I'm wearing all three. 
And by doing that, it helps me. But then on bigger projects, I'll bring in a DP uh, or a director of photography to work with me, but I have an understanding of the vernacular. All right, so on this shot, let's use this kind of lens, and this is the kind of movement I want, and being able to shorthand it. And then earlier, before they even come on, I'm looking at those locations with a cinematic viewpoint. So I think that's a big part of storytelling in movies, and people don't even realize that the camera is a yeah. character as well as the people that you cast as actors. So I, the camera is a very big character in Women I Spoke because – we're on this beautiful farm, and it wasn't until we got there that we realized we could even film in this one. Uh, it's a technical process called anamorphic, which extends the width of the shots, um, and it's it's beautiful in scale and scope. And so we were able to shoot this movie anamorphic, which allowed it to have that presence of bigness and a presence of the past and kind of an homage to that era when movies were big and bold and spectacular. So that was that was yeah. very purposeful. You know, and a lot of people, they, you know, we talk about this all the time, you know, it's so hard, and Marcy, you know, knows this also. I mean, it is so hard, and I think the fact that you did that book trailer, I mean, that's so interesting because – People are marketing and marketing and marketing and marketing and hoping and hoping and nothing happens. And they don't get the fact that how hard it really is to get a book, you know, get somebody interested in doing your book. I mean, it is very difficult. And no matter how many times I say it on the show, I know it sounds like a broken record, but it does not happen to everybody. It just doesn't. It's not going to. You know, and so the fact that, you two work together so beautifully on this is a really good thing, but I think people, when they're listening to the show, I know that we go through this a lot. And so do you want to talk about how you, I mean, you did a, a book trailer, okay? And people are right. sitting out there constantly marketing. So mm-hmm. and I, my new thing is what I'm telling people to do is just keep writing. Because I think, you know, for myself included, there's an overload of marketing that you can do to make you lose your focus on everything. So do you want to speak a little oh, bit so about time. that? Yeah. How do you feel about marketing? About, How do you, you know, yeah, go ahead. Oh, marketing takes, yeah, that, that, that just takes so so much effort, so much time. And um, a lot of um, tech savvy, which I, you know, may or may not have in certain areas, so when when I when I don't possess a skill myself, I have to hire it out. So I sometimes will get people to help me um, promote um, the works. But, but yes, with, regarding the book true. trailer, I just um, you know, and it's kind of funny because the the guys that who were my team were really used to filming things like the Texas Country Reporter, or um, they would film hunting shows. They had never ever done anything like this before, and I certainly um, didn't did not know how to direct them. I, I, I just knew how to acquire, or, you know, line up the sets and all the props. And, you know, I knew, um, you know, something about what I wanted to, the book trailer to say. So um, they, they helped, um, you know, enormously. And then, you know, just getting it out on Facebook. Um, and so that was really my main marketing tool for the film. You know, book-wise, I mean, you've got to have everything going for you besides um you know, Facebook, you've also got to have mommy bloggers out there and people doing email blasts and, you know, all of these things are very, um, you know, wielded in terms of time. And, and, so do you think you know, it would have ta- gotten taken without the book trailer? No. No, because okay. it was that's, it was a way yeah. for people to make that yeah. leap in their heads that and to see, oh, maybe this could be a movie. And so my book trailer wasn't perfect at all by any means, but it gave them that um yeah, well, it worked. I think. It worked. <laughs> yeah. It so worked. I mean it, it's hard. Um yeah, it 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 is hard, but you know, I wouldn't undo this journey for anything and you know and, and the, exactly. the process, you know, t- takes a long time to get from, you know, writing the book to then go into development and then into pre production and production and post production. My goodness, that takes a, a very long time as well. And then yes. after the film comes out, I mean, promotion happens, you know, all the time. 
yeah. you've got to promote the, the film too and and keep yes. that running so that people are aware. And it takes a big it's a big um machination, a big um you know, organization of, of folks to make all that happen. So I'm grateful for for the wonderful team that I've had, the teams that I've had, and and, it's, um, and I, look, at you know, this is a really good journey. It's a journey that people out uh-huh. there that listen to the show, they all want this journey. So the fact that you're saying it does take time, you know, and right. Joanne. So how do you feel? Uh, how do you feel about that to tell people? Because I know they just don't. They just you know, and I don't ever want people to give up writing. So because they get very you know. I was an agent for all these years, and, you know, I I read script after script, and it didn't happen for people. So I keep trying to tell people, just keep writing. Joanne, what is your advice out there for people? Because directing matters, and to get the director's attention is very hard for people. I mean, so that's what happens. It, it's, it, that's true. I've had several people approach me recently with their books that want to get them turned into films, and it's just um, almost impossible to vet everything that's coming my way. Yeah. But um, what I what I like to say is um, it has to really come in earnest from the writer and the or the publisher of the book to push it out because um, there's so much that has to happen before it even gets considered to be turned to screen. Um, right. And I I think that. Um, Persistence and patience and perspiration, all those P's. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Along yeah. with the talent. Yeah. So, and Marcy's yeah. been um, on this since we wrapped the film, getting getting to the next phase, which is getting the film seen and eyeballs on it. And um, um, yeah. it's endless. It's a very tiring, it's endless right. process. Yeah. yeah. And in addition to that, she's she's written another book, and then she's working on something else. So it's it is a um, right. It's very difficult. You just, so that's the thing. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about the one thing that we haven't talked about, which is okay. This from the time you were on and you wanted last time you were looking to get on. You know, you were waiting to hear when the movie would be you know shown, and COVID. So how difficult right. has all of this been? Because it you can't have. The, you can't do the things you would have done had there not been COVID. Right. So how has that been for right. you? I mean, it's hard, well, I'm sure. It had do to be do you want to know from a from a um, distribution perspective or do you want to know from filming perspective? For both. Both. It's fine. Both. Well, we Joanne can answer. Yeah. Go ahead, Marcy. We finished one another sandwiches. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. No, I mean, jo- Joanne has been out there with crews during COVID and having to deal with, oh, my goodness, all of that, which has been yeah. huge. And I can tell you, after she's done, what it has me- meant in the um, in, in distribution. So. Yeah, because it's very, it's so difficult. I mean, you know, because right. when you it were is. on, there was, it was pre- before COVID, and then everything changed right. in right. March, you know, and it right. is very different in this, the entire mm-hmm. You know, film producing every everything, directing everything is different. You know now, right? So it's so much. It's much more difficult, and it's you know. And I think though that's why one of the things is I think people don't realize something that you always they should look at not just the movies coming out like today, tomorrow. Then you know, it's the movies right. that are sometimes in the past. What's wrong with that? Right. You know, if they're a few years old. It's okay because, you know, I happen to like old movies, actually, but I watch a lot of everything. So I think that that's what the problem is. The same with books. You know, they go, oh, when is the book published? Oh, five years ago? Oh, we don't care. You know, and libraries, you know, they... They what they used to do in the bookstores is go. This is the new books, and then everybody would think those are the only books they should be looking at right now. That's so right. I mean, that's what's right. another thing that's hard for people. I think. Right. That's you know, they true. don't look back. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Joanne had to. I know on when she um, when she's been filming different projects, had to. Oh, they you know social distancing. Um, they all had to be very careful about all of that during COVID and many yeah. projects got delayed. Isn't that right, yeah. Joanne? I mean, for throughout the industry. Oh, absolutely. We, in fact, some projects we're right in the middle of and then they'll pull the plug. Yeah. So we're, 
it's yeah. just it's very interesting. And I did a, a, a small pilot back in the summer, and North I li, I'm based in North Carolina. We were in partial shutdown, so we could not have more than 25 people on set at any time. Well, yeah, well filming yeah. a movie with the cast and keeping the numbers to 25 was quite a challenge. We were able to accomplish it, and what I was able to do, which helped, is a lot of the crew had multiple roles where that would be less people touching equipment and combining things so that we were safe and and, um, and, and taking every precaution. Um, but and I know that there are other films that are just putting being put on hiatus because it costs about yeah. ten to fifteen percent more to do a, a project right now because of COVID and being compliant. Um, so it's it is an interesting time, and I think even some of the content subject matters being changed because of being at close proximity to one another and how you manage things yeah. like that. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, um, interesting times, and I'm, it'll be. I'll be curious to look back in ten years to see what how the shift is and what what was the, what was a permanent or more you know yeah I yeah we don't know yet how this is all right right no, of what's going to happen right no we don't know exactly because you know right the theatrical aspect of movies and what some of the big studios are doing now is they're simul releasing on streaming and on theatrical yeah. or yeah. doing just mm-hmm. a quick delay. And uh, honestly, that does that did impact us with when we last spoke because we were in the theater right. right in the height of COVID, and um, yeah, it was something that we actually pushed a couple times, didn't we, Marcy? And um, right. And I think our audience we haven't found our our full audience yet. I think there are a lot of people out there that aren't even familiar with this film, but I would love to get them to watch it because I think that they they would enjoy the story and. And I think right now there's so much dark content out there that this has yeah. Yeah, has moments of sadness and moments of uh, but it's know, about life. It's trouble, about troubling life, times, right, but it is, right, it is yeah. ultimately is a hopeful, optimistic, positive mm-hmm. film. And, and there's yeah, a I lot of laughter too in, in the movie. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I would it's just a good. You know, I look at it just is a good story from beginning, middle to end. It's a good mm-hmm. story. That's you know, and that's what people have missed along the way. Which you know, um, you you get to in the depth of the characters, and you know, and you get to know their lives. And I think you know, I mean, it seems like all three of us are you know in agreement. We like that, you know. But a lot of times people aren't used to that anymore. It goes so fast that you don't really. Right stop and think about their lives but right. when I know as certainly as people that are listening to the show and that are writers you know I think it's so important to get to the character and if you have one or two scenes well I, I call them I shouldn't I, I know I started out screenwriting so I always look at everything as a scene but if you have something that you don't ever forget about the movie. You might not remember everything, but when you will remember a few scenes, this is really an important thing. <laughs> I think so you can't some people don't remember everything that happens, but they remember certain scenes. And so when it's a when you have a cast like you you had a great cast. I mean, the people in it, Melissa, we you know, did. I mean, they're I mean, you had Melissa Gilbert, you had, you know, Corbin Burns and they've been around for years. Naturally, they're in different roles, but, you know, well, Melissa, it's like, you know, this is where, you know, she was a little kid herself. So I guess she was mm-hmm. probably good on the set with the kids because she had been she there was. herself. Yeah, yeah. She was. Mm-hmm. You know, because being a child actor, it, it's different, you know, for them than it is, uh, you know, and for an adult. I think that Melissa was a huge help in that respect yeah. because she understood yeah. that these kids need to have a life um, beyond just being in the film. Yeah. And one of the things yeah. that we created for them was a playfulness. And um, a lot of times I'd hand my walkie to one of the kids and say, okay, you call action on this one. And, you know, that kind of stuff, just to keep them more engaged and playing. And I played a lot with them. And I think that uh, it was, it was, that understanding that from the from the top down that everybody was a part of the process and um 
and we really wanted it to, and, and I felt like Melissa and Corbin and this uh, chorus, they're all seasoned veterans. They don't need my attention yeah. like yeah. the kids do. Right, right, right. Um, right. They, they, and I'm shaping this moment in time before uh, the, the camera with these kids, and sometimes Corbin like they're awfully noisy, and I'm like, yeah, but you know, <laughs> you know, a lot of people, you know, honestly, because well, you know, they didn't have many children on L.A. Law, but you know, but, uh, you know, but uh, he, listen, he's in a lot of roles now. I see him in a lot of things now. He's on Residence. Oh, yeah. you know, he's, he's on a lot of things. He's, yeah, uh, he's a yeah. consummate professional and really, really oh, definitely. A bit hard, and he took it to heart, and really came yeah. super prepared. And and I, I appreciate them, but I was not there to make Corbin happy. I was there to get a performance from Corbin, right. but to make those kids yeah. happy so that they showed up because they don't have the maturity or the experience right. to understand that all the things that are happening in this scene are pretty intense. And um, and and the kids they they got it and they gave great performances and I think it was wonderful for them to have, um, the it was a giant play yard that farm, I think we were there ten days Marcy I can't remember but it was just this. Giant, were, they probably uh, won't they, they probably won't long. know we were it. We there for but, fourteen for fourteen days on the farm. I think. Okay, so we were in this farm for fourteen days with these kids right. and so they they ran around constantly. They did and we're having having a summer camp as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. They, they, you know, a lot of times, uh, you know, which is important. I remember, you know, a lot of times people that were doing films, they didn't want, you know, being, they don't, children, being with children is very, very difficult, you know, and a lot of people won't, they don't want to direct children. It's hard. It's not easy, you know, and uh, so I remember years ago people, I had a script and they liked it. And they told me to take out the children. <laughs> I mean, you know, and and when I think about it, I didn't I actually hadn't thought about it in a while. But now I'm thinking about the fact that when you're talking about when we're talking about this, that I probably shouldn't have done that because they were part of the story, you know. And in yeah. my initial story, when I wrote it, it mattered. And but they didn't want to deal with it because they thought, oh well, this is going to be much easier to sell if I don't have the kids in it. And then they, they actually, they, I had to change the um, grandmother to a grandfather because at that time they thought maybe a, a male role would be, you know, easier to fill than a female. You know, uh, that was then. You know, it's it, now there's a lot of, as you know, because you're a female director, and you know, it, it's very difficult. In those, you know, maybe 15 years ago, it was not so easy. And then I think I had to change everything because, and why did I do such a stupid thing? Because I had to, but, and then the person that was supposed to do the script and, you know, actually read it and they thought he'd be perfect for it, he died. So I'm thinking, geez, you know, the whole thing oh never worked. But oh no, but, but that's what happened. So you can't always change things. And sometimes, you know, working with kids, I mean, it makes it, it certainly, it's, I think it, you know, if it's a family film, you just can't forget that there's kids around. Do you know what I mean? So it matters. And that's why you did such and a good job I, with it, because you're working with kids. And I just felt like, what would I want if this were, if that's my kid? And I would try to right. think of them as, as that, those children being my children, and how would I want them treated? And also, um, we we just did a really deep casting. Our casting director was great, Mitty Corgan, yeah. and she was able to find us the right kids and then we did callbacks and we put them through the ringer and ran them through the paces and wanted to make sure that they could do all the things that they could do. And then we ended up rearranging the adult cast to match the young cast. So I felt like the young cast were kind of, they were really dictating everything. Um, so, and, and then our costume designer, Beverly Saffir, she's phenomenal. She brought, bolts of fabric from her mother's collection from the 60s and handmade all those dresses. And I promise you, I had some of those jumpers when I was a kid. I remember those butter and call patterns. And so when she started pulling those out and I was looking at the bolts of fabric with her and looking at the colors and I was just, oh, this is, this is amazing. So it really is something where people understand what we were trying to accomplish and how we were trying to make it happen and how it all plays out on screen. And, um, and knowing all those 
different people and respecting their roles, whether it's the little girls or the costume designer yeah. or the casting director or Marcy or any, and Fred and Rick, just all of us really coming to agreement that this is what's best for the picture. And there were no egos involved. And I think that's part of it too, that um, I think unless you have a gazillion million dollars, you don't need, you don't have time for egos. You have to really be um, what's best for the picture, what's best for those kids. And that's kind of how we approached it. Uh, what's what's best for the story? Um, yeah, you had so many I, different I, relationships in there too. You know, you had mm-hmm. the grandmother, you know, Cloris in there, you know, and getting along with Melissa, and, and it's just, you know, I mean, in in their characters, and because in life there's our problems in families. That's why, you know, it's always so interesting to me to do family relationships. You know, and mm-hmm. I think that people, everybody has them. And then you can recognize somebody and go, oh, that's like my grandmother, that's like my aunt, or, you know. And mm-hmm. I think people, that's sure. a good thing for people to to realize that family does matter. It's a, and I think after this, I think for me, when I after all these shows, I think that trying to talk about different subjects, but the family does matter because it's really a different time now. And I do think, you're right, in 10 years you look back at certain things and it will be different because parents are with their kids a lot more than they ever were. You know, I mean, they're in the house, right? you know, a lot of them. So I think the relationships now may be stronger. You know, maybe they argue and stuff like that, but that's part of life. You know, that happens. We all have that in families, you know. But I think it will be something different will change where they will know more about their kids. Their kids will know more about their parents, you know, than they knew, you know, other than just getting in the car and going to, you know, baseball game or doing what they have to do for school, taking the skating, but they're with them more. So I think in the writing, maybe people will like that again, you know, as for a while they, you know, like some of the stories, you know, that you were talking about before, I know what you're, they're dark and, that you just go, really, is this what you want? You know, and I'm, I myself was surprised at some of the things that I'm liking, that I was watching. I'm going like, oh, how can I keep watching all this? Rather than, you know, something really with a story about people. Because I do write like that, too, and I like that. And I think a lot of people shouldn't be afraid to write like that and add characters that are part of their own life. They are not may not be, you know, in the story, but kind of use them as they write because families never and, and that doesn't is, disappear research is a big part of it too so what you don't know you have to really find out and know and and we're fortunate now that we have this the world wide web out there and it gives you so yeah. much more insight <laughs> but uh, researching and finding out everything about that time period and that makes a big difference yeah, um, yeah, as you're writing. Yeah, you don't have to go to the library anymore to find stuff. That's the thing. <laughs> no, you know, when people are researching, you know, you just go in. Right. You, I, I remember easier, going to the library. <laughs> uh, There's something very uh, calming about going through microfiche and the whole process and, yeah. and looking up old <laughs> records. Um, so I, I do miss that aspect of it, but I, do, I am kind of one of those instant gratification people now. <laughs> I just yeah, know well, we all like now. that, right? What is it? Five minutes? No, we want it in one minute. You know, <laughs> why right. is it so long? You know, so, why is my browser moving so slow? <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know, and because, mm-hmm. but I remember when I was learning screenwriting, I went to the library and I took out every book I could. I would sit at a table. I remember this: sit at a table and start reading every single book I could read. You know, I wasn't going to be taking 20 books out, but I was just reading different parts of it, and that's how I learned how to do things because I just was looking at different styles, and, you know, and I didn't even know what I was looking for. And then I found it, you know. I go, oh, this makes sense, you know. And then it, it helps, you know. And actually, you know, for me, when you write a script, you you get to learn how to do good dialogue, which a lot of people don't do if, you know, sometimes you don't know how to do dialogue. But once you've done a script, you kind of learn how to do dialogue because that's all you're doing a lot of times, you know. So there's so many things that people can learn by just picking up, like, different ideas. If Maybe if, they even, if they've never done a screenplay, it might be fun for them to try it, to see, you know, and they might 
be able to, because a lot of people don't do very good. You know, as you know, the dialogue is not great in a lot of books. It's so stiff. Right. That's you, true. You know. what, there, and, one of the know. best tools I ever had was, it was a, a book by the um, writer-director Frank Darabont, who who did Shawshank Redemption. And so the first version is the script, which they thought was the shooting script. And then the, and then the same book is another version, which became more of here's what we had to do because we ran out of locations or ran out of money and had to modify this and had to modify that. And then the third is the actual physical edit, what happened ultimately when they rewrote it based on what happened on screen. So that's a great tool for your listeners if they wanted to look at that book, watch the movie, and then go back and read how all the incarnations that that film went through and I cite that film only because it's probably one of the most most beloved movies of yeah. the last right. 20, I remember seeing years. that film right and I remember when I saw that film I go you know what because you know how we all are I can't help it we all go oh we should have changed this they should have done this they should have done that when I saw that I went like oh that was perfect I felt you know mm-hmm. don't you feel like you want to change <laughs> I'm, I'm doing dialogue while I'm reading, while I'm watching a movie sometimes. I'm going, why didn't you say that? Or, you know, something like that. But when you saw, <laughs> right. when I saw Shawshank, Shawshank, I just went, oh, this is a perfect movie. I, there was nothing I would have changed. I really did love that movie. And that's, you're right, that's good. a great tool. That's an interesting way to look at it, to go that way. I was talking about uh, the other day, um, Cool Hand Luke. I saw it on TV. <laughs> talking about an egg scene and i guess maybe the person didn't see the movie but sometimes when you see some movies that's why i get the the thought of when you see a scene that you always remember it's 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 really it's it's if you could see a movie 15 years ago and go oh that egg scene or something you know and i think that people if they remember something that you've done it really means a lot to the you know to the director the author the whatever, you know, that somebody remembered something that you did that they take with them the rest of their life. And it's I think that when you're form, doing a it's film... It's the highest form of compliment. Com, it's the yeah, highest compliment yeah. you can get to have somebody come up and say, oh, I love this or I love that. It's it's kind of a an homage to the to the work. And it's so, Mar- I want Marcy, do you make pie, Mar- Marcy, do you make pies? Oh, yes. Do you make, do I make pies? <laughs> 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 Yes, <laughs> you know because well, she's you know, actually an excellent. She's an excellent cook, and um, so okay? so Ruby Ruby Cranborn's an excellent cook, and I think that comes from Marcy's. Um, <laughs> well, well I, so I, I'm thinking I, of I the pies. Know. I'm thinking of the pies. You know, so that's like this will be. You know, I mean, and the diner. You know, I think those are things that matter, and so when you know right. that people remember that, the they details. remembered your movie. Yes. <laughs> there a lot of details, a lot of details, you know, and the, the girls, I mean, everything about it, you know, and I think this is a good, I think people in a movie like this, they can actually see the story inside of it. And sometimes, like I said before, the movies, if they're so fast, sometimes you don't get the details, mm-hmm. but it does matter on the director, the I still, you know. And the director is, you know, mm-hmm. Marcy, I, you know, you know, I, I always felt the director matters. Because if you don't have yes. a director that gets it, the movie—I don't right. care how good the script is, how good the book is—it doesn't matter. If you, if that if, right. if that director does not get what you do, right. you're they're not going to understand your story at all. Hmm. And well, that won't we were be the same. so blessed by Joanne because she definitely got it. She got it from early on. So. And so I, so then the theory goes, it works. If the writer, director, I mean, if they all, I think that makes a good project. If everybody works together on it. I always mm-hmm. felt that way, but unfortunately, it's not that way a lot. Uh, you know, yeah. someone sells the movie, that's it. They don't care about the author a lot of times. That happens, you know. And, right. And then, you you know, and then that's why they go, oh, the book is so, you know, good and the movie didn't get this or that, and I think you explained it great, Joanne, of, of what matters. So I think that people are listening today get when they, you know, and you know. So do, I just think people shouldn't be upset if their book isn't a movie. But maybe if you keep writing, maybe somebody will find your book and make it a movie and do a trailer. I, you know, I, I'm not big on book trailers, but maybe I'll think about that. 
<laughs> because um, <laughs> it se- it seems like that is a very smart thing to do the way you did it, Marcy. I mean, well, I you just, know, I just this, got it makes a lot of sense. I just got lucky. Well, the story had to work too. The story, but the story—if <laughs> the story wasn't there, Joanne wouldn't be here to talk about it because there would be no story. <laughs> so it matters. All of it matters, you know, together. So I. So what's uh, on the end of the show? What are uh, what's next for you, Marcy? You're writing something new. Um. Yes, I'm working on a couple of projects. I'm working on um, the next story in the series, and I'm also writing a World War II novel. So two very different projects, but that's what's going on with me right now. All right, that's great. Right. Joanne, what's going on with you? Will I see you out there? Uh, yes. I, I'm going to try to find this new one, Pure Flick, <laughs> <That's one laughs> that I can yeah. see this movie. All right, uh, what's your late, what was your last, the last one you've done, the, you know, lately? Um, I think it's, I, I wrote well, it, I'm trying to... The, yeah. Discarded Things, which is on Pure Flix. Yes, and, that's the one. Um, okay. And then Discarded When We Last Spoke, which is on Amazon. And, right. Um, and I'm developing, it's a book, it's a true story uh, about a young girl in Nazi-occupied Poland in 1939 um, during the uh-huh. Holocaust. And it's called Child of the Forest. And so I'm developing that with the author and... Um, so let's please come on. Please come on with that because I want to talk about this. You know um, about that subject because I do. You know, as Marcy knows, I do have a book on the Holocaust, and I think it's a good subject. So, so if you when you're ready to talk about it, please let me know because I do want to have a t- oh, show about ab- that. Absolutely, Marcy. Marcy, you have a sadly, Semitism is on the rise and anti-Semitism. Yes, it is. It's a timely story, and it's about a young girl, so I think that our audience could be a younger audience so that they can learn the experiences. And that's why I always feel that the projects that I take on, uh, Marcy's project and, and this one, I, yeah. there needs to be a overarching story that is really super important that I pass on to, to the viewers because I think that uh, we have um, the ability to shape ideas and create change with our with our messages that are embedded in these stories, and sometimes I'm not saying positive messages. So I, I'm all about being hopeful and positive and upbeat and informing, but also being uh, aware that um, I'm responsible when when I take right. on some, the some, some of the story. Right, some subjects need to be talked about. Right, 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 and and that's but, one but of them that this, really certain, right now, unfortunately, absolutely. it's happening. Right, and so with everything, you just I want to have the stamp of this is something that many, many different demographics can watch and take something away from from it. And and that's how When We Last Spoke is, and, and that's yeah. how most of my films are, to be perfectly honest. I really feel like it's my responsibility to make sure I, I shape the story. I've turned down projects that I didn't feel. Wait, and, you, and you're, leaving, you're, you're leaving a message, but it's not a message that you're drilling in people. It's just an entertaining and informative movie. So when people will remember what the subject matter was, uh, you know, and that counts, you know, and uh, and I think when authors are listening to a show like like what we're talking about today, they should go a little deeper sometimes. Uh, I'm even trying that in my own writing to go a little deeper and more emotional because I think that does matter. I think through this whole year, there's so much emotion out there and all the things that have happened you know, uh, to a lot of people, and there's just been a lot of tragedy. So I do think there's nothing wrong with putting that in your writing to make the characters you write about are real. You know, they've suffered. People have suffered this year in a lot of ways, and people have suffered from the Holocaust. And, like, I remember I did put a post out, you know, which I don't usually do, but I said when I wrote the book to life, I never thought this would be happening again and if Sala, the woman I wrote her memoir, if she were alive I I keep thinking of what would she have thought of all of this now how it's become because we never thought anything like this would happen again so I'm glad you're, you're addressing some of these issues that need to be out there you know and, it's happening. and, and Marcy, Marcy said so uh, profoundly that families take different shapes and sizes and that's 
part of what uh, when when we last spoke is all about is that it's acceptance of different types of families and the way that people are raised. Yes. And, um, yeah. And I think what lies ahead is even a little more progressive than than when we last spoke, and that is Marcy's uh, follow-up book. And I think it has some very uh, thoughtful uh, portrayals of different types of personalities and characters, um, people with disabilities and relationships. Um, so I think that it's it's important. I think Marcy's really uh, on the, and I are very much alignment on that. And, uh, yes. and so the that, types of stories that you know, we like to tell. Right, and so I, well, both I think, of you are always invited on. <laughs> Marcia, are you going to say something? Yeah. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say that I think that both what Do- Joanne does in film and what I do with my work, are they're both social commentaries in many ways. Yeah. And, um, you know, just so that kind of to open up discussion uh, on one level is, is one of the, the points. So, well, what a pleasure to be with you, Marsha. Yeah, I'm so I'm so happy that you both came on, and I'm so happy. And I, you know, I'll be posting, you know, and I, you, you, you will, you know, as time goes on, and I think people realize, you know, from word of mouth how good this movie is, and when they, how much, how much feeling will come out of that for them about their families and their past. So I think that's a good. That's what a movie should do. You know, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it should make you think. You know, instead of just going, oh, well, that was just another movie. This is not just another movie. This is actually a labor of love. From And you get along well, and I think this is really a great duo, the two of you. So uh, I hope to see more from you. I do. <laughs> yeah, All right. Thank you. And thank, thank you, you both for coming on. And, and anytime you want to talk about any subject, just let me know, and I'll make arrangements to have you on. Well, oh, thank, thank you so much. much. I think I know the boss. I think I know the boss. <laughs> I think I can put it away. Thank you all for listening. And next week, uh, next Tuesday, we're going to talk about children's books, and that is so important. I'll be having more shows about children's books because I think with the kids home now and, you know, the parents with their children more, I think, you know, that people are reading to their children. So we're going to address that next week. And I'm having several shows in the next couple of months about children's authors. So thank you all. And the two of you are great together. I love having you on. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great day. Bye. 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 Bye.